Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, underbelly, down on the docks. On the other side of the track, speak easy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you were listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. We're not going to judge. Also, you can check this episode out and any uh, full episode out on our YouTube channel. That's Rye Bread and Mustard podcast YouTube channel. We are going to be there until we transition over to the Odyssey Sports channel, but you can catch us there for now. You can also catch us on all the socials and also, look, if you like the gear, you want the merch, you're like, meh, on the podcast, but you want that merch, you can get that on Instagram, at simply.cora. That's where you want to start. Hit up at simply.cora on Instagram, Uh, That's pretty much all the uh, house cleaning that we got to do. The Mariners have just wrapped up their series with the Miami Marlins, uh, winning two of three uh, from the last time we talked. Uh, We were headed into game two. We'll talk a little bit about that and the game that just wrapped up here. We just took two of three from that series. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about, hey, it's scoreboard watching uh, season already. You know, if you wanted that kind of like tense playoff, uh, every game is a little more amped up. Well, I think we've hit that side, that part of the season. So we're going to talk about who you should be uh, maybe rooting for or rooting against. And we're going to uh, and we're going to have a little quick conversation about the anti or reverse boycott that happened down at, uh, you know, the, the gem on the West Coast, the gem at the Bay, uh, Oakland Alameda Coliseum and Oakland A's. And here to talk about that with me is, uh, once again, the uh, the man who will probably get the Lifetime Achievement Award from 
Rye Bread and Mustard, the Mariners podcast, Hannah and Edmonds. What's up, Hannah? Very proud to accept that. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm not living off the uh, the short term high we had. Uh, you know, after game one and after game two, um, it just seemed like the Mariners' bats were really awakening and you were hearing like Edgar Martinez was talking to people it just seemed like everything was kind of lining up and then uh you know here in game three you know there's a lot a lot of good defensive plays by the Miami Marlins outfield but you know the Mariners can't put any runs on the board until the ninth inning um you know so they dropped the third game of the series they you know they activated you know just win series, win baby, right? Or or just win series, baby, just win, right? They activated that, but what they did not activate was the just sweep, baby, just sweep. Um, what are your thoughts? And then we'll go back and break it down a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, definitely got greedy after the first two and really won that sweep. Scott Service always mentions that it's really hard to sweep teams. Uh, it seems like he says that a lot because we haven't been able to right. do that. But he's right. It is tough. It, it This really could have gone the Mariners' way to, uh, in the game, the final game of the series. But, yeah, tough one. You got to, you know, when you're there, you need to sweep a team, especially with how the standings are. And I know we'll talk about that. So you just wish you would have got that one, but it, yeah. it got away from you. So tough loss, positive series. Positive series, positive series. And yes, you know, you have Luis Castillo going in, uh, you know, game three of the series looking for the sweep, you know, only gives up two runs in the game. The uh, bullpen comes in. Benz does not break much, much, uh, but uh you know, they gave them a chance to win. They couldn't get the offense going. But, yes, overall, this is a great uh, – this is a good series. This was a positive series. Coming off of, what, four straight series losses? You had a series loss against the Yankees. You had a series sweep. Uh, and, the, oh, there was one – there was one uh, tie, right? San Diego was a tie. Um, just the the beating that they got going out the door <laughs> made you feel like they lost that series. And then they lose the series in Anaheim and come home and uh, take on, you know, the Miami Marlins, who had the third best record in, what, the National League or all of baseball? And uh, was it baseball or all of the National League? I know for sure it was the National League, I believe. Let's just let's just go with the National League. And you take a series, so we'll take a quick little itty-bitty break here, and we will be back to let's let's go back to the positive stuff of where we left off last episode so we're gonna uh, talk about game two and game three and then just like i said at the top we're gonna get into uh, some scoreboard watching and uh talk a little bit about that reverse boycott down in oakland right after this this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so game two, you know, it just felt like the sequel to game one. The Mariners' bats come out. Uh, they don't strike out much in this game. You get multiple home runs. I mean, you got you have a game that Mike Ford homers twice for you. It's usually a party. Uh, you know, the Mariners easily take care of the Marlins in this game. And, uh, you know, yes, the big story is check out all the bats. Check out all, you know, nine runs on eight hits. Um you know, keeping the strikeouts down to seven in the game. That's the big story, but the big hidden story on the other side of the ball. Look at Kirby, six innings, 10 Ks, and a, a great bounce back after his performance um, in San Diego. Yeah, Kirby was outstanding. Um, like you mentioned, one of his better starts of the year. Um, I, if I had to rank it, I wouldn't say it was the his best start, but it was damn close. It was awesome. Um, yeah. After his last few starts where he was getting hit around pretty good, it seemed like he expanded the strike zone. I mean, he's a guy that's always in the strike zone. And sometimes as a hitter, as you know, it makes it easier if you know the guys around the plate. And, you know, no matter if it's his off-speed pitches or not, you know. And uh, this, this last game, he was throwing his – uh, curveball and slider off the plate and they were chasing a little bit he was making them expand the zone and that sure helped him out in this game and uh, it looks to me like it was a little adjustment made on his part and he was fantastic and um, you know Mariners got off to an early lead and he held down the fort for him it was great to yeah. see and uh, another positive sign in this game and I mean it's positive it's not positive that the the you know, uh, one, two, three, four, uh, the first four hitters in your lineup do not get any hits. They're combined uh, 0 for 16, and you still score nine runs. Uh, the bottom of the order, taking care of business, which has not taken care of any business this season, it feels like, and definitely not in the DH uh, spot. Looks like Mike Ford brought the right kind of sage in and got that going in that DH spot that's just kind of been like the bad luck spot early on this season. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, two home runs by him. Cal Raleigh with a just an absolute missile to right field. Three runs home run. He what breaks 0 for 21. So that's a good thing. Uh, looks like he's keeping this mustache. Kind of gives me the, those Thurman Munson vibes. I like it. Uh, Caballero, look, base clearing triple. Just one of those feel good games. I know that the Mariners gave up a couple of garbage runs there, but you know, the bullpen just came in and was throwing strikes. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, the bottom of the order came through for the Mariners, and that has been a very, very weak spot and a spot huh. that is not produced at all. So, I mean, the top of the lineup was over the game. So that was really positive. A few things I saw in the wins and I'll kind of lump them together that I thought were key yeah. to victory and things that I've seen. Um, one, the M's have started to uh, um, run a little more. 
couple stolen bases. You haven't seen that lately. That's key, getting guys into scoring position. You know, takes a little pressure off where you don't have to hit one in the gap to score a guy, obviously. Uh, You can get a single. That was good to see. I thought the defense played better. And what I mean by that, they were making catches and plays that were, you know, tough plays that they haven't come up with. One tail going into the right center field gap, closing on a ball, making a nice catch, running catch. Few hard hit balls hit to France that he went down and made diving plays and then flipped it over to the pitcher. Those are plays that, you know, either haven't happened or the M's haven't got to the ball. So that was key. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, the strikeouts were down. Scott Service has really harped on that this, these last two games. And then uh, the last thing for me that I think is key with the Mariners is they hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, You might not think of them as a home run hitting team, but they're not a team that's, you know, puts a bunch of hits together to um, drive in runs. So that helped them get some big crooked numbers or big numbers throughout a couple of innings. And they um, ran away with the game and game two of the series. Yeah, I heard a comparison of kind of how the Mariners were built uh, by Michael, Michael Bumpus on uh, Seattle Sports that I kind of liked. He said that, you know, the Mariners have equated their offense to a football team. This is a team that kind of waits around for those crooked run innings, kind of like an explosive, you know, uh, play o- offense that just kind of doesn't really do much all game, but then they can hit that big, long home run ball in football. Uh, I kind of like that comparison. I know that uh, you have a problem with the word explosive, but... uh... Absolutely. I wouldn't go that far, (laughs) but that's just me. Um, Everything else I could agree (laughs) with. Explosive is not the word I would have chosen, but, you know. They're they're just like, if they were a football team, they were not the team that runs a bunch of slants and runs the ball down your throat. They're definitely a wait around and hit that big play. Yeah, no doubt. And they showed it. And that's what they needed to, you know, win the first two games of that series. And, you know, it's probably the first two games that I've seen in a while where they played clean ball. We've always talked about that. We've been frustrated by the runners getting picked off. Bad decision making on going for the extra base. Um, You know, all kinds of things that you say and talk about when you don't play a clean game. So very nice Mm -hmm. to see. Yeah, it was, uh, game two, like I said, I felt like it was just a carryover from game one. Just hitting on all cylinders, good pitching, bullpen just going out there and throwing strikes and not letting them get back in this game at all, not giving up a big inning. Um, but yeah, so the Mariners were set up here to come into game three. Obviously, they don't get it. Luis Castillo... Uh, didn't have his best stuff tonight at all. You know, you kind of when you start the game off walking your first two guys, kind of makes things uh, a little bit hard on the pitch count when you you know what throwing twenty what twenty five pitches or so in the first inning. Uh, but still, the guy gives you a chance to win. You know, exits the game in the sixth inning with you know leaving you down two. And uh, look, the I know that the temperature was a little bit colder in there and there there's the marine layer, but Mariners, you know, in this game, you look at it and go, man, they only got four hits. Um, you know, they, they didn't uh, get the walks. I think they had one walk this whole game. I think JP Crawford got a walk, uh, but there's a lot of balls hit to the warning track. There was a, 
big grand slam uh, rejection to pretty much quiet everything down in the ninth. Um, you just saw a lot of you saw a lot of really hard hit balls, but the, I mean, this was a hell of a performance by uh, the Marlins outfield defense. Yeah, it, you can't really say that this game is a complaint or has been like the rest of the season is gone. You can't really say that the M's didn't hit. They did hit. They just didn't get anything yeah. to show for it. I mean, mantra balls to the warning track. You know, I could argue, you know, at least one was an unbelievable catch. The other two were good catches, but, you know, they were fly ball caught, you know, but there was also line drives hit that they tracked down. So, yeah, yeah they hit the ball hard, but they yes. couldn't find grass and, and find that luck. Yeah, and this was a game, too, where the Mariners overall kept it under 10, 10 strikeouts. They kept it under, you know, Kelnick had three strikeouts, but I'd say at least two of those at-bats were he got into bad counts um, due to some terrible umpiring behind the plate. I did see it go the Mariners' way a couple of times on the Marlins, and uh, their manager let the umpire know. I, I think it's pretty uh, remarkable that, honestly, neither manager, neither coach, neither player, neither trainer – uh, neither interpreter, uh, neither, uh, you know, f uh, f players, uh, spouse, <laughs> whatever did not get kicked out for giving this umpire shit because it was, it was bad all night, either way, both play, both ways. Yeah, absolutely. He was terrible. I mean, he was terrible. Um, in the case of Kelnick with three strikeouts tonight, I mean, it happened to everybody, but I can, I can remember at some point during the game, at least two of the at-bats, he had a two balls, one strike count. Then he gets a shitty call on him to make it 2-2. Two, two. I mean, that just changes the whole yeah. comp. That just changes the whole complex of the at-bat from, you know, being a 3-1 count to a 2-2. Two, two. Um, it, it, it just, it's just, it's devastating, especially to a player like Kenneth Kelnick, who it feels like he's been getting behind in the count lately. So at this point in the game, you know, he's seeing the ball a little bit better even though he'd struck out early and you know, from that count to go from three, one to actually two, two, it puts him, you know, in a corner again. So yeah, it's, it's, a it's, it's a massive thing that happens to the game. You know, when you get a bad pitch like that called on, he you. had, I think he just had an overall uncomfortable night at the plate. Cause even in his first at bat in this game, he actually got the pitching violation in his favor, but I think he kind of, couldn't really get himself settled in on that strikeout. Um, uh, that was the one where I, I believe he was guessing there on uh, strike three. I think that one was fine. The other two were terrible. I know he ended up breaking his bat, uh, you know, with the frustration. He did use his timeouts, though, uh, you know, to gather himself and stick in there. But you're right. It, we're talking the control in the zone. That's it's a big, uh, you know, tilt the other way when it when that's happening to you. Yeah, the strikeout pitch, like you mentioned, the first at bat was a fastball, you know, right in the heart of the plate, and he was fooled. He took it. His next at bat, same situation with two strikes. It looked like he was looking for the fastball, you know, similar to what he got in the first at bat, but the um, but the pitcher was, you know, smart, in my opinion, and threw a changeup. So he pitched him just the opposite. And then his third, 
third at bat where he struck out. He got a nice little slider there that looks like his timing was good and it looks like he was on it, but he just swung over the top of that. So it was unfortunate that he didn't make contact. But I mean, a hat trick's a hat trick. Yeah. And oh, as we were mentioning earlier, just the the play in the play in the outfield by uh the Miami Marlins tonight, it was was unreal. It's just good, like like yes, like you said, some balls that should be caught were caught and then there was a couple of remarkable plays but uh you know they weren't giving up much out there both of these uh you know both of these teams they can really cover the ground out there in the outfield but uh miami just seems like a step faster out there yeah they looked good i mean like i mentioned earlier talking about the the wins we had where teo had that nice catch going in the gap i mean tonight that one that was hit down the line, tough play. To me, it looks like he gave up on it a little bit, but that's the difference between a win and a loss at times too. Like I mentioned, you know, in those wins, he made that tough catch in the outfield earlier, but this time he didn't come up with it. Um, early on how they scored their first run, no fall to Caballero, could nice ground ball to him. It kind of came up on him, so they weren't able to turn the double play and then the wild pitch. So those are the type of things, even though it's bad luck, and I can't say it's totally like an error or anything. Um, you made those plays in your wins, and that's the the you know the difference between winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Extra so, outs. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. Um, you yeah. can't always, um, you know, assume a double play, but that was kind of tailor made. Like I mentioned, it came up on him, and I mean, like you said, the catches that last out was unreal. I mean. The pitch was just off the plate. Suarez, you know, went with it. It looked to me like he didn't get enough barrel. It was a little bit off the end. But the outfield was playing deep, and the guy played it perfectly. I think it helped that they were playing deep, and it was later in the game because he was able to go get back all the way to the wall, set himself up, leap, and make an unbelievable catch to save the game from being tied up. Hell of a play by that guy, Suarez. Yeah. It, it absolutely and you know uh, another positive though i, I want to point out from this series so they you know what's this i mean you're looking at this you, you know you have the one hitter that you know kind of got swept under the rug because how great the offense was was looking finally uh they've combined uh what 12 hits 13 hits this entire series for a team that's been uh, hitting the ball good, a team with, uh, you know, somebody flirting with 400. You also got Soler, um, De La Cruz. Um, you know, you got some good Sanchez. I mean, these guys have been winning. They've been playing good baseball. Uh, I, I think this was a good series, like a quality series win for the Mariners over a quality team. Yeah, and wrapping up, I mean, all I can really say is we talked about it last pod where the Mariners we felt were trending in the right direction. They continue that with playing some of their best two games in a row uh, this whole season. Uh, So things are positive, trending still in the right direction, even after a tough loss tonight. So um, like you said, Chicago's coming in. They have not hit the ball at all this month, but their pitching's been fantastic. Uh, they're just below you a few games under 500, I believe. It's it's another another series where 
anything other than taking this series is a disappointment in my opinion. Absolutely. And they're going to be playing the day before in uh, L.A., down here in L.A. So they will be coming in off no rest. Not too big of a commute, but the Mariners are coming off a, you know, an off day. Uh, and you got Wu going out there, hopefully, at, you know, adding on what he did. You know, in the second game, he looks pretty good. You know, you know, you know, you run into Otani, you know, things are going to happen. But the Mariners won that game that he started. Uh, we also got Logan Gilbert in this series going, looking for uh, a bounce back, uh, kind of turn this month around. And uh, on Sunday, it's it's Miller time. Uh, we also got Pride weekend there at the game. We got Pride fireworks on Friday. Saturday is the uh, Steelhead jerseys for the Juneteenth celebration. And then we got Father's Day. They're giving out a, uh, a talking um, bottle opener uh, for those dads out there. So, uh, you know, big weekend down here. Yes, and I, I agree. Anything but a series loss would be a disappointment. I'd really like to definitely like 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 a sweep uh this part of our rotation uh is kind of um not as steady so that that'll that's going to be something to be checking out and of course the we'll see we'll check on all these strikeouts um but uh as far as uh talking about uh something jumping off from last episode where we said we're in this 25 day 25 game um you know, sandbox that uh, we would like to see an 18 and seven or 17 and eight. Uh, we are now two and one. When we get back, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, you know, what other teams that we, when we get back, well, let's talk about uh, what teams we should be rooting for this weekend as far as Mariners uh, are concerned in the wild card or the AL West. Let, let me fix something. What? They're not a few games under 500. They're 10 games under 500. That's okay. That's fucking Yeah, no, that's a diff, <laughs> that's big though. They they better kick their ass. Now here's Lenny Randall. When the Mariners beat the Red Sox hitting baseballs Woo! out of sight. Every kid who's 14 and under will want to go, come to Jack and Dave. Get a free jacket, get a free jacket, get a free jacket, get a free jacket. Okay, so listen, whether, whether you want to admit it or not, all these games now are, they're all important, but they're, much more important when you're kind of you're hanging in there. You haven't made a charge. Uh, you know you're you're at the time of this recording. What nine and a half, nine games out of first place or ten in your division? You, it's half of that is your uh, the amount that you need to get to get back in the wild card. I think we're about five games out, depending on when you're listening to this uh, podcast. With that being said, uh, we've talked about that, like, right, Hanno, even if they get hot, even if you get on a streak, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make up ground. You're going to need some help. Um, so if you are like me, I am now scoreboard watching. Usually this would start 
maybe in a month or so from now this year, I've started a little bit earlier. The Mariners just, I feel like have put us in that pressure cooker situation as fans, whether we want to like it or not. I know we just got to keep putting W's together, but listen, there's, there's, there's two types of fans. There's the ones that aren't going to worry about the standings and the ones that are. So for the ones that are, we're going to talk about it right here. Um, should I just go through some of the some of the games this weekend, starting what Thursday? That maybe we should just pick who. How would it benefit by the Mariners for whoever to win? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so when this podcast comes out, uh, one of the teams that we are chasing—I mean, they're number one in the wild card—is you have the Baltimore Orioles. They have to clean up one game here with the Blue Jays. And then following that, they are going to be in Chicago playing the Cubs. So we need to obviously, as far as the weekend series goes, obviously we want the Cubs. We want we want Chicago to get the wins out there, and we need to take out Chicago here. Um, but in this Blue Jays, when it's Blue Jays and Orioles right now, who are you going for? Are you going for the person in front of you, or are you going for the person that has that number one uh, seed right now well the way I look at it and we talked about it the Mariners need to play over 20 games over 500 the rest of the way just to get to 90 wins and that's what it looks like it's going to be to hopefully even get a wild card spot and the main thing is you got to do your part and you got to win but the way I look at it you got to start I'm not so worried about the I'm I'm not looking at the division at all I'm looking strictly at wild cards. And right now I feel like you got to, when they are playing each other, I would prefer that the lower seed, so Toronto, that they would lose. And the reason I say that is you got to get by the teams ahead of you first that are closest to you. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. So I would probably pick Toronto over Baltimore and get past them. Um, before you move on to the uh, Baltimore Orioles. But I also can see the other side of it where you're close enough to Toronto. Right now, let's see, with being five games away from getting the wild card and then the Baltimore being four games up, that's nine games back. Maybe you do want Baltimore to come closer back to the pack. So, you know, yeah. I guess I and, answered both of them for you. So sorry yeah, about that. kind of... It's kind of like one of these things where we're just like, as long as the Mariners win, you're you're gaining a positive, either with the, the team in front of the pack or the person that you need to pass in the pack. Uh, here's the thing to think about Baltimore. We haven't played any games against them. We could, you know, we have a better chance of winning that series than we do with Toronto, who we've, we're one and three with them. They're They're pretty much on a... One win in the next series uh, clinches that tiebreaker. So that's something else that I'm kind of thinking about, too. I mean, it, as long as the Mariners win right there, you're good. Another team that we're, we're chasing, uh, of course, in, in, this, in this wild card are the Yankees um, over the uh, weekend. Uh, I believe they are playing... Nobody, they're off. They gave the whole weekend. No, oh. <laughs> my, my screen didn't come down. Uh, the Yankees are. Uh, this is an interesting one. The Yankees are in Boston playing the Red Sox. I'm sure, uh, this will be on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, you know, right here again. 
you got Yankees. They're they're holding on to a wild card spot, but you also have the Red Sox that are neck and neck with you right here. Another situation here where, hey, you win, you're picking up ground on somebody here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and like you mentioned with Toronto, Boston has the tiebreaker against you. You still have the series at home. They won two out of three back in Boston. Boston, you're tied with right now. Um, I'm going to say I'd like to see the Yankees win that so you get past Boston. And then hopefully with you coming into New York at the beginning of the road trip, you can then take advantage of playing them head to head. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like, you know, we'll have Castillo going when we get out there. Um, uh, we're, we're also, uh, you know, again, with, with the Yankees and the Red Sox, as far as the season series, we're one out of three with both of them with, uh, the Red Sox having a uh, series here in Seattle left. And yes, we have to play the Yankees next week. Um, yeah, I could, I could, I could, yeah, I could see that. There's also that theory of like, Hey, let them get all their good winning out of the way before we show up to town. Um, <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, and also, I mean, do I, do I think the Yankees are head and shoulders above Boston? I really do. So maybe it would be nice to see Boston, you know, take out the Yankees because I feel like Boston won't be a bit as good a team throughout the year and it'd be easier to catch Boston than the Yankees. Yeah. So there you I, go. I give you both sides of the answer once again. That's that that's what this is this is perfect. This is just these are the things that you you gotta think about when I'm jogging or showering or going to bed at night. Anyhow. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, now. Uh uh this one here's a real easy one. Cincinnati Reds at the Astros, of course. We want the Cincinnati Reds to help us out. Uh, one of our favorite trade partners. Maybe they could trade us some wins here. Um, here's a here's a here's an interesting one. Toronto Blue Jays at the Texas Rangers. You know, I I don't think we have a shot at all at the West. So I'm going with Texas. I think my heart wants to be like, go Blue Jays, but definitely I'm on that train of thought of like, listen, we're, we're in reasonable striking distance of the wild card. Uh, you mentioned the odds there uh, about what we'd have to do to get to 90 games. I think the American League West is going to be like, like I said, 92 to maybe 96 wins somewhere in there uh so unfortunately yeah i guess i'd have to root for the rangers which i'd hate to do uh just as i just feel like i'm conceding when i'm doing that but realistically hey just got to get into the dance uh yeah sorry for interrupting you i'm just gonna say look at it this way so texas is 42 and 25 17 games i believe if my math is correct over 500 the mariners are one game under 500 we say the Mariners need to play 20 games over 500 just to get to 90 wins. So, and Texas is already 17 games over 500. They have to considerably fall behind and lose some games. And you have to, and that's if you play 20 games to 500. So I just don't see how the math works out where you can even catch them. 
I think we're, uh, you know, the top wild card spot is about the same as the division. The uh, same thing with um, uh, spot number two held down by Houston. Uh, right now, Yankees are in that third spot, and that's the team we're five games out of. And listen, we're going to have a big series against them next week, so maybe we do need some some losses. That uh, makes you think about that too um and then the the other team that is left that i would say is you know hovering around us they're two games behind us but really they're only one game behind us because they own the series tiebreaker and that's the cleveland guardians they are playing the diamondbacks that's an open and shut case you want the diamondbacks to win so just to recap uh you want the diamondbacks to win this weekend uh you are uh, also rooting on the Cincinnati Reds and then it's what side of the reality you are in with the Yankees and the Red Sox and uh, Toronto and uh, definitely the Toronto and Texas series. That's just, I know it's, it seems early to be want, watching these other teams, but that maybe that's the glass half full to enjoying it. That like you're, you're, your chase is starting now. You're, you're allowed to, to watch the chase. Um, but we'll check in on that. I think we could probably do that once a week, maybe going into the weekends being like, who should be, who do we be rooting for here? Yeah. Another thing I look at when I look at the standings, I'm looking what their streaks are. I mean, nobody is really from all the teams that are ahead of you in the wild card and the division leaders. Um, none of them are on massive win streaks. The, the most win streaks or the most games that any team has won in a row is two. But then I go to the last 10 games, which is, you know, 10 games is a, the way I look at it is so the Mariners are four and six in their last 10 and everybody has peaks and valleys throughout the season and with 10 games going. But when I look at the teams ahead of us, I see Boston's the same as at four and six, their last 10. But then I see the two teams ahead of them. Um, Anaheim and Toronto, they both have winning records, one at eight and two and Toronto at six and four. So you're losing four games and two games right there to those two teams. So like we said, you got to keep winning and hopefully the other teams lose and you can make some ground up. It's not going to happen fast. It's a marathon, not a sprint, but right now, you know, if this is the Atlanta Braves and you got, what is his name, Mr. Flash, racing the guy around the track, well, the guy that starts is not starting in center field. He's starting a lot closer to you in left field with Mr. Flash. So you got to start winning some games. Yeah, you got to start digging. You got to start digging. Uh, well, yeah, we'll check in on that next week. Before we get out of here, uh, let's talk about this boycott, uh, anti-reverse boycott down in Oakland. Oakland A's, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Hannah, uh, the, their fan base uh, decided to, you know, get everybody down to the sta stadium, which they haven't been there all year, um, and do a reverse boycott where they're there just airing their displeasure with the uh, organization that's doing everything they can to move them out of Oakland. Uh, Hannah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about all this? Yeah, I think I would be more specific, not the organization, the ownership. Um, ownership. Yeah, they, 
their their fans are very frustrated. Yes. Obviously, the news coming where they're possibly moving to Las Vegas. Um, and, you know, there was a vote today in Las Vegas that happened to pass 25 to 15. The assembly um, in Nevada passed the bill and it will head back to the Senate, which they passed it. And um, it will likely pass again. And then after that, it will go to the governorship to sign it. And then it comes down to Major League Baseball and its owners approving a move. I mean, this is just awful. You can you more than anybody I know have been to the stadium more than anybody and talked about yeah. their fan base. I mean, it's 55 years of, of awesome. in existence. Awesome. awesome fan base. The Absolutely. Place- the place is, yeah, it is what it is. I've always described it as if the kingdom got in an auto accident and rear-ended a semi-truck and the top of it got ripped off. Uh, there's no bars or restaurants or anything around it. It's a tailgating place, um, you know, but as far as, you know, it's very historic grounds, of course. But yes, yes, it, they need a new stadium there in the in the area for sure um it's it sucks because that fan base yeah i've been around that fan base for you know since i was in college and in, in, in northern california so like you know it's been 20 years you know of being around that stadium um hasn't changed safe to say uh at all and uh I enjoy going to the games there just because of the fans and there's a lot of characters and yeah, they, you know, you do get this different kind of vibe there. It's nowhere. I, of course I'd like that to be my home uh, stadium that I got to, got to go watch games at and stuff. But yeah, it's just the Oakland A's have been to Oakland A's our whole life. It really sucks. We almost lost the Mariners. We almost lost the Seahawks. Um, it's, the worst thing you can do for a fan to a fan base and uh, kudos on them for getting down there. So what happened? They were, they were, they were quiet in the, for the first uh, batter. And then they started to get wild the rest of the way after that. Yeah, exactly. And then they did that same thing in the fifth inning where they were silent and they, um, like you said, then did it again, uh, sell the team. I mean, Channing, sell the th- team. Yeah, I mean, it's like you mentioned, very similar to the Sonic situation. I mean, we as early back as 2019, the A's were in the playoffs. The place was rocking. It was sold out. The drums were going. You know how those fans are. And it, I got to hand it to them. What a grassroots thing that they put on and did. You know, they got almost 28,000 people there. They had shirts that said sell on them. Um, the A's won the game. I think that put them to seven wins in a row. <laughs> I don't know. This is crazy. They got seven game, seven game win streak, and they're beating good teams. Yeah, they they have a longer lose a winning streak than the Mariners have had this whole year. And kudos to them. Yeah, they don't have the worst record in Major League Baseball anymore. They have gotten rid of players. They have raised prices on tickets. Raised prices on parking did everything they can to sabotage the fan yeah. base. Um, just like Clayton Bennett did here with moving the uh, local radio broadcast from a sports radio station to 770. 
um, didn't make players available for interviews. I mean, it's just a full on sabotage and it's so shitty. Um, those fans don't deserve it. Uh, no. they, they had the, the, uh, warriors moved to cross the bay, had the Raiders obviously move and now Oakland, it just stinks. Yeah, it, it sucks. And, uh, it's, like you said, it seems like it's just a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen. So, you know, I'm looking at the schedule here. If you've never been there, I mean, it is, you have to go there. You have to go there and see it. I don't think you've been there, Hannah. You're going to have to, I'm going to have to drag your ass down there. And uh, when is it? It is in um, September. So I'm giving you a warning. Well, Rye Bread and Mustard and Mariners podcast will be down there one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, that will be, in my opinion, the last time. Because, in my opinion, if they go, they're not coming back. This isn't a Sonic-type thing where I thought, oh, yeah, the Sonics will be back. Shoot, it's been 15 years. It'll probably be 20 by the time we get an expansion team. But with them being in close proximity to San Francisco, Mm-mm. I just don't see them getting a team back. And I'm really sorry no. to say that. And San Francisco, you know, it's interesting what they what they say or what they really think. Because, like, as an organization on a business side, you're like, wow, we're probably going to gain fans, possibly, some. Some are going to follow the team. It's Vegas. It's not like when the Sonics got moved and they got moved all the way to Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Vegas is a uh, just a short trip from uh, the Bay Area, about four or five hours, I believe. But uh, yeah, it, it's still it still sucks. It, it'd suck if they moved see the Mariners to Spokane. Uh, you know, or any of our sports teams would still feel weird. You know, they've already had to have their you know, beloved Raiders go out there. And uh, so I don't know if it kind of like that situation softens the blow at all because they're maybe already getting used to it with the other team. And now Las Vegas is basically Oakland, a satellite Oakland. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it, it sucks. I'm definitely going to be going to those games. They are September 18th and 19th and 20th of september hopefully those are games the mariners need to go in there and take care of business um but i have to look at the uh the a's uh schedule too i mean this might be their final homestand down there might have to get these tickets early anyways let's just hope and pray we can get a uh they can get some sort of you know last second hail mary miracle kind of like the sacramento kings did but uh yeah but yeah, we still got a team. And anyways, uh, <laughs> we're running out of time here. Again, thank you for liking, subscribing, and rating and reviewing. You know, we like those five-tool baseball players, but we also love those five-star reviews. So hit us with that five-star review. And again, if you need the gear, you, you're like, I, I got to get this gear. It's uh, You just got to contact at simply.cora, at simply.cora on Instagram. Uh, Hanno, you know what time it is. One last thing before I do that, you mentioned San Fran- you mentioned the San Francisco Giants in the last little bit talking about the Oakland A's, and I just wanted to say, uh, Mitch Haniger got hit in the forearm yesterday, broke a bone in his forearm. Um, he's gone for I I didn't hear if it's the year or not, but he gets hit by the injury bug once again, 
and he's always been a fan favorite and it's sure tough to see him get injured again so if you're listening mitch i'm sorry to, about that mariner fans are feeling for you and wish you nothing but the best and hopefully you get healthy real soon yeah and hopefully you can come back here and be a dh and with that being said let's try it one more time hanno you know what time it is charge <laughs>